When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from the heart of Studio City, this is the Knapsack Files podcast feed, and we are back up and running in 2017. That's right, the hiatus of the dark days of 2016 are over. A couple shows have eked out if you're listening in order, but this is the return of the classic interviews. That's right, the Knapsack Files podcast feed started as just the Knapsack Files interviews with some of my close friends and confidants and colleagues in this town. And uh, we're back to that, and the first official interview back was voted on by my my Patreon supporters. I put a list of wonderful names out there, all who will, will get their time in the sun, but a poll was put out, and this man won going away. It is comedian, writer, hell of a nice guy, Joe Starr. <laughs> why, did, I don't, why did people vote for me? Uh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, who else was on the list? It was just like names you made up. It was like <laughs> local talent. Local talent. Uh, it was uh, Barry Horowitz. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd rather hear from Barry than me. I would too. Honestly. I would have voted for Barry Horowitz, pro wrestler extraordinaire. Um, no, some great names like Roxy Stryer, Emma, oh. Emma Fife, JTE, Josh Tapia. Um, but people wanted to hear, and all of them received votes. People on Patreon wanted to hear from you, Joe Starr. Well, that, that, that's an honor, especially with those folks. So, uh, thank you. Uh, you will hear from me as hard as I can be heard from today. And you know what? I want to hear from you because I, I missed you, man. Yeah. We haven't seen each other in a minute. We this got to nice. we got to meet each other through the hallways of working at uh, Screen Junkies for Defy Media, where you came in as a uh, um, um, hair bun bearded <laughs> comedy writer. Yeah, well, it was like, who's this guy? <laughs> who's this guy? And what we've discovered is, uh, uh, as a team, uh, not just a talented person, but one of the most warmest, compassionate son of a guns out there. Ten and, and it's been a pleasure to get to know you. But I figured it's time for the listeners to kind of get to know you. Yeah, let's do it. This Put a spotlight fun. on you. How? Where did you run from to come to L.A.? Uh, so it, it's uh, it's sort of a weird multi-step story. Uh, I uh, I started doing comedy. Uh, I guess technically in high school, but um, I mean, didn't we all? <laughs> um, but uh, I met uh, uh, my uh, my my best good uh, friend Justin Lamb, who's now a producer of yep. Screen Junkies News uh, at Western Kentucky University. Oh wow! Uh, and we joined the local local improv group. Put on some primary color T-shirts. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Play a little, sh- played some Who's Line games, <laughs> and um, uh, eventually started uh, directing it, and. Um, hmm. Uh, there was, uh, so we were both theater majors. Oh no. And, uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, which ha- I, I was, ge- I was a religious studies major because okay. I was going to be a priest. I've heard that, that gets yeah. a lot of people into comedy. Right? Yeah. That yeah. nice solid fall from grace. Yeah. Matt, Matt Key came out here to go to Fuller Seminary, which he did. Oh, re- I didn't know and that. And found comedy. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. You know what? 
I can see Matt Key like playing a priest in like the Daredevil series or something, <laughs> just like taking confession from Matt Murdock. Yeah, um, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can totally see that. So that fall from grace. Um, well, I was already kind of wavering. Sure. And um, and then uh, the Second City came through, mm-hmm. and uh, Keegan Michael Key, who was just the touring sure. guy for Second City at that time, um, taught like an improv workshop, and I was just like, oh. I'm yeah. in. I'm in. And uh, uh, learning from one of the masters, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and, you know, at that time, he was just a dude. You know, I, right. I think he had probably, I mean, based on that timeline, it probably just kind of either gotten to Chicago, like fresh out of Detroit, or. So probably, was it pre even Mad TV? Yeah, this yeah. may be. This would have been, um, this would have been 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm old. Uh, <laughs> No. But you know, so we jumped into that, and uh, I, I changed majors. Uh, I had a very positive conversation with my parents, like the next day, where I was like, "I want to be an actor." <laughs> God um, has called me to yes and <laughs> exactly. Uh, God wants me to herald. Um, so, uh, so when you're a, when you're a theater major, um, they uh, um, you, you get su- you go out for summer work, right? Uh, at like summer stock theaters, oh, and, summer um, stock, yeah. So they do these big like cattle calls, uh, and you you go for a weekend, and they do like a big regional audition, and all these theater companies sit in a room, and you do a monologue or whatever. And um, there was a theater company called Seaside Rep uh, that was doing all Steve Martin plays. Nice. And they uh, had a full time improv group, and they were casting for that. And they needed sound designers. And mm. on the tech, because at our school you had to do like a ton of stuff. And so we both did sound design for the tech end of a, of a theater. And so we were like, yeah, this is the only place we want to work. Like they're doing all things we want to do. It's on the beach. Right. It's actually, it's the town where they shot the Truman Show. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it it looks exactly like that. Interesting. Or at least it did. They've developed right. it since. But then we were like, yeah, I want to go <laughs> live uh, in, in the, the, yeah, this is ridiculous. So... We we tailored our audition specifically just mm-hmm. to work there, and both got a call to to go, and so that's sort of where um, I met my sort of comedy crew and yeah. my, my brothers uh, working there, and uh, we, we we did that for like three years every summer, and uh, go to go to this moment where you switched, yeah, go, yeah, go yeah. to this moment. This is fascinating, and and it's not just because. Priest to improv comic, uh, pre- priest to prop comic. Um, <laughs> I, I'm fascinated with that moment where you found something and it clicked for you. Mm-hmm. Not that the other thing didn't click for you at some point too, but the ability to change directions important too for a for a young person coming up. Yeah. But what what was the moment? Was there this this was this this manna from hev- heaven moment where? So I think so. There you're like sorry God, there's got a scene to do. There had been a few. Uh, uh, so. Um, I was, uh, I was in this, uh, New Testament class Mm -hmm. and, uh, again, this is, this is Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, So I was in this New Testament class and, uh, the professor was this guy named Dr. Trafton and, um, who had like a really, uh, at least in terms of teaching, I don't know the guy Mm. on a day to day or anything right. like that. But at least in terms of teaching, had a very like intellectual approach to right. the Bible, which which spoke to me, which I liked. I was a I was an Episcopal kid and I really right. like I, I, I like to sit and reason shit yeah. out with you until the cows came home. And uh um so uh 
we did a uh, New Testament, and of course, the class is mostly like Bible Belt, Southern sure. Baptist, born again, I was saved, you know, kind right. of kids, because that's that's the state. Um, sure. And uh, uh, we uh, so it was this New Testament class, and we approached every book uh, from a historical basis. So mm-hmm. it was like, because it's all letters, you right. know. And he was like, so we had to approach everything from who wrote this letter, what was going on at the time, who'd they write it to, what was the goal of the letter, and that's sort of how we explained it. And, like, I remember everything was going real fine in this class Mm -hmm. until we got to uh, Revelation. Mm -hmm. Same approach we've been doing all semester. Right. And everyone lost their minds. (laughs) And people were just like, no, 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 Revelation isn't a letter. Like, Revelation is a calling about the end times. Right, right. And and I just, so that was sort of like a... That was a big click, and all of these things happened in, like, three weeks. Three, well, three, three <laughs> Or something like that. Yeah, it was, like, a really mm-hmm. the quick amount of time. I was, You know, you're, when you're a kid, you're a lot more adaptable. Sure. And, um, but um, I remember going, huh, uh, you know, like, kind of, kind of not digging this. And I had started making a lot of friends in the theater department, and I'd done, like, a children's play, and was like, this is kind of fun. Right. And, um... So two two sides coming up at the same time. Some, yeah. Some questioning versus. I had um, some... I had seen. Um, excuse me. Uh, we breakfast burrito before yeah, this interview as we started. Did. Um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it was good. Um, uh, I had seen the 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 improv uh, group perform, uh, which are still some of the funniest guys I've ever met. Uh, Jason Mears is now like a lawyer in Chicago. Justin Dobring, who still performs in Florida, and like these guys, I was like, oh man, right? Like, these guys are doing something like they're right. They're uh, you know, you I, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I want to. I want, I want get in. in. Yeah, I want to get in, in on this family style. Yeah, you know. Um, and uh, so, I, like, all of these things had sort of clicked at once, and then uh, uh, someone had taken me to the Second City Workshop uh, mm-hmm. with them. Because um, I didn't really I didn't really know anybody when I when I got in, except for, like, one guy I went to high school with, yeah. and uh, he was not adapting well. And so we would just, like, sit in his dark, dark dorm room and play Perfect Dark all day. <laughs> And uh, and I, I was very quickly being like, "Oh, I'm going, I'm going to kill myself. Like, I don't <laughs> stop doing this. Too this perfect is, of dark. Yeah, yeah, this is bad." Um, so I think sort of all of those things sort of started to snowball, and I was like, "You know what? I want to do this." Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it just kind of comes to this moment where you make that decision. Mm-hmm. That's a big moment, though. Yeah, and I, I I don't think it took my parents too off guard. I mean, you know, obviously for my dad, it's like. what are you doing? Like, at least, at least, like, get the English degree so you can get the teacher certification and you can go do this bullshit. The fallback. Yeah. um, Did you? But no, no. no. You didn't. I mean, I didn't either. Yeah. I'll be working at Walmart when I'm 75 because I didn't. Yeah. But Um, it's tough, huh? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's a Um, a high wire act. Yeah, I feel, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, look, I'm, I will probably be trying to do stand-up Mm-hmm. In a in a small room above a Chinese restaurant in Silver Lake when I'm 64 because I just like doing it. But, um, but you can though, and that's what's the beauty of stand up. Yeah, exactly. You um, know, uh, but uh, you can be that funny old dude. Yeah, yeah, you can be the funny. He's fine you know? as long as he's not creepy. Never, he's, fine. he's not yeah. hurting anybody. No. Um, Look but at Pepitone, still I, going strong. Yeah. Oh, Eddie. Um, but I, I don't think it surprised them because, mm-hmm. like, I mean that it sort of. Been who I am for okay. ever, yeah. <laughs> um, 
they were de- I think they were they were de- they were definitely concerned. But um, uh, my dad said, uh, uh, my dad said, if you change your mind, I'm gonna be pissed. Which is the same thing he told my brother. M- meaning, like, if, if you're doing this, do it, do it, and uh, wow. You know, in two years, if you go, oh, you know, actually, I think I won't be a psychology. You know, like, no, no. you're if you're in, you're in. Um, mm. Which I don't think ever left my brain. Well, it's like, I think that's not just a good piece of ad- advice. That is a that is the way to do it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's the only way. You, that's the only way you can. Um, Sometimes it feels like you're driving into a brick wall, but you still gotta keep it, and that you can't wall, find yeah. the brakes. But uh, it's it's important to approach it that way. I think. I think that was a that's a good thing to say. Yeah. to a young Joe Star. I mean, it worked because I, you know, when I was um, ever since I've been like a little kid, I just wanted to like make people laugh and mm. talk about Lord of the Rings with sure. people, and uh, I, I'm doing that. Yeah, and uh, for my my older brother, just my older brother just wanted to drive cars and fl- uh, be a pilot. Mm. Like you, there's, and so now p- he drives flying cars. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, he he flies for UPS and oh, he wow. uh, he teaches people uh, how to race like Mercedes and Porsches. He's a driving instructor. Wow, like on the weekends. <laughs> so we're very different, but but, um, but you can compare uh, like rooms. Mm-hmm. Like six year old Brian versus six year old Joe. Yeah. And like, you know, his room is all cars and planes. And like, my room is all like Transformers and uh, Frodo Baggins. And uh, <laughs> and we did the things. So, you know, I guess the, the advice worked. It, yeah. And, and uh, that brings you leave, uh, you leave the, uh, what's Kentucky? Is it the Blue Mountain State? Bluegrass. Bluegrass State. Bluegrass State. It's got some mountains in yeah, there. Yeah. There's some, there's, there's some mountains and some hills. <laughs> yeah, a little, little bit of Appalachia in there. Yeah. I never quite got up there. All my time in Tennessee, I, I didn't cross. Oh, that. beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful state. Beautiful areas. Uh, so from there, you go to San Francisco, though, right? Yeah. Or... So, so, um, so I've been working with these guys in Florida for like three years, and it was, it was, um, I'll never have anything like that again. Right. It was, um, for one thing, we're being paid to do improv, right. which is unheard of. Um, it's kind of unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we actually, uh, this is a side note. We had some friends, this is later on after we've moved west, right. and uh, we've had, we had some friends that we did comedy in college with who were, had like a really good gig, like Louisville improv gig going. And they're yeah. like, we're coming to LA. And we were like, no, like you guys are doing like, they're yeah. like, you know, it's, they're in a place where it's like, it's not paying all our bills, but it's doing pretty well. Mm. And we were like, that's amazing. Hey, <laughs> what are you doing? Don't do that. Um, <laughs> you're going to have to pay to do it here. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, so in Seaside, we were on, um, like six nights a week mm. and, uh, that's valuable. We, it's amazing. And and then we would rehearse all day. It's just this it's just us rehearsing for like 3 hours a day and performing every night. Mm. And we just got to make f- figure shit out. Like yeah. I th- I think the way we did it was uh like two nights a week we're like who's line games yeah. uh which we like science I love short form improv. I do too. Yeah. There's a science to it mm-hmm. and there's a way to do it right and there's a way to perfect it. Yeah. And uh, I just Love the comedy theory of like playing party quirks correctly, and, uh-huh. and um, so that it's fun for you, but also entertaining for an audience. And you know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I love that stuff. Um, and then like a couple nights were 
like Herald Knights where we did, uh, you know, the standard Herald long form. And then uh, a couple nights mm. were like, I don't know, let's make up something weird and just do it. Mm. And so, like, uh, we did, like, an improvised sitcom from week to week so that, mm. like, that guests who were here longer than a week could keep coming back and, like, watch this dumb made-up story unfold. Uh, it was called uh, it was called Uncle Dad. <laughs> and it was, it was about a small Florida family where uh, uh, two brothers had sex with the same lady and <laughs> they were too poor to do a fraternity test. So one was the uncle and one was the dad. dad. Um, it was, it was just <laughs> this dumb improvised sitcom we did. Coming this fall on ABC yep. Family. Uncle Dad. Um, so just stuff. And uh, we did... Um, we did a bunch of marathon shows for no mm. reason because it was just like I don't, we had all the Good. tools to do it. So we did, yeah. um, we did like a seventy-hour show, yeah, where we just improvised for seventy straight hours. How? What? Which was what, the, what, the did, dumbest thing. Yeah, did one of you die? <laughs> almost. It felt like we were. It ended with. Um, so we themed it like a carnival and like built up. We we had this like little black box theater and we built it up and. Um, uh, uh, Justin built this, uh, the main part of the set was this giant paper mache, uh, clown's mouth. And that was, <laughs> that was the entrance that you'd come out from, from this stage. And the, uh, the 70 hours ended with, um, we, we all, it was like the sun was coming up and we all carried, like, we, uh, the audience that was with us did a big countdown for the end of the show that ended and we all pulled down the clown head and like ran it to the ocean with like the audience behind us cheering and we set it on fire and like threw it in the water it was uh yeah that was so that happened that happened that happened happened. no one will ever know or care yeah but it, you know, it it happened. It happened, man. Remember the um, night we burned the clown face <laughs> for those sixteen people that had stuck <laughs> around for us all night. Someone's telling that story at a party, right? Yeah. Oh man, I went to an improv show yeah. one time. They burned a clown, clown face. face on the beach. <laughs> on the beach, it was weird. And we all fucked, <laughs> sacrificed um, clown paint. But so, uh, uh, so th- this our, our core little group got mm. an offer to go up to San Francisco mm. and uh, teach improv. Right. Uh, there was a place one of our our guys worked at uh called the san francisco comedy college and they did stand-up lessons and classes and like shows and stuff they wanted to start doing improv um so uh, we went up there first it was like hey we're gonna have a home base Hmm. um i was uh now my wife but torlin and i were just dating at the time where'd you guys meet out here Uh, we met in college oh okay we met in college and uh like she would come out and visit Mm -hmm. uh seaside for like a week or two every summer um and uh, in in the most epic way to propose to someone possible, I was like, hey, we've been talking about moving to San Francisco. Do you want to go? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, do you want to get married then? <laughs> uh, we were, uh, we had that conversation. Okay. How, how long were you together at this point? Two years. Okay. Two years. We'd All been right. together for like two years. So that's legit. And, uh, so uh, I didn't set the table right on this one. I was going, <laughs> no, so, I, no. so I was going to propose uh, you, okay. to Torlin yeah. uh, that week, and um, everyone, everyone's kind of like, "Are you going to get a ring?" And I was like, "No, I I know her well enough, like to let her pick, <laughs> pick, right? You know, like yeah. I, I'm not going to. That's get the thing. I'd the be right terri- I'd be terrified yeah. of that. Um, I absolutely would be terrified. And uh, but I was like, I'm going to talk to her about it. We're gonna. 
I'm gonna propose, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's, it's gonna it's gonna be, it's gonna cool. be great, man. And then we had to evacuate for Hurricane Dennis, <laughs> and so <laughs> we're like, this is everyone's it. like boarding up the <laughs> the double wide we're staying in, <laughs> and we're just sitting on the porch uh, having a cigarette, and um, <laughs> and that and that's hey, so we've been talking about moving to San Francisco, like the winds are picking up from this debris. <laughs> And uh, so I think we were supposed to be out by like seven that night and it was like four. And she was like, yeah, let's let's go get a ring. And I was kind of like, no, no. She was like, yeah, like we're going to do that. Like um, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And So like we're supposed to be fucking getting out. But we drive to Destin to um, there's like a an outlet, big outlet mall we would always go to to kill right. time, and so we like found a jewelry store there. <laughs> that was and, open. Uh, that wasn't. That was open. Up. Yeah, the the Zales outlet was really committed to that. Uh, uh, yeah, that valuable uh, jewelry, and we found a we found a ring that she really like. We looked at a bunch of like standard diamond things, and then she looked at this like purple one, and was like, "This one, this one." And then we looked at the price tag on it, and it was like 120 bucks. Right, and I was like. Are you sure? And she was like, "Yeah, I love this ring. I don't care how much it costs." And then we handed it to the lady, and she was like, "This is also like sixty percent off, or something like that." <laughs> hey, uh, hey, it's, it's good, uh, right? Um, my mom's wedding ring cost nine dollars. Fuck right? yes, nineteen seventy-two, nine bucks, still going right? strong, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so we uh, uh, we moved out to San Francisco. She had like a semester of college left, mm. so we sort of got out and did our best to sort of establish and didn't necessarily do a great job because we didn't know what we were doing. But, sure, uh, and just she, some crazy kids. Yeah, and then she came out a couple months later. How long have you guys been married now? How long has this been? Oh, God. Um, we've been together, I think, I think 10 and married 7. That sounds right. That sounds good. Yeah, that's, that, sound, <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds that, yeah. No, that sounds right. I lose track of uh, which one I lead with. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the together or the married. Um, in in comedy, I find that uh, the more people I run into uh, that uh, are married in long term relationships, uh, it seemed to be rare at the time, but it's more common now. How important was that to you to to go out and chase your dreams? How, how how key was it to both of you uh, having each other uh, as opposed to just you traveling alone doing yes ands? You know, <laughs> in I your don't primary know. color shirts. Um, I, that I, that I honestly don't know because they've never been. They were never separated. Never separated. For me. Uh, it was great and also fucking impossible hmm. at the same time. If if that so yeah yeah no that's so interesting when we moved, take when we moved to San Francisco, it was. The first time either of us had really right. lived in a big city. Because, right. like, I'm from Louisville, but I'm from, like, the suburbs. Right, right. You know? And uh, she was from Nashville, but she was kind of out mm. in the sticks. Right. Uh, you know, it's not like you were, like, downtown at all times. Right, right. Um, and really, the farthest I had gone was the Florida Panhandle mm-hmm. for any extended period of time. Right. And that's a day's drive. Yeah, um, right. Uh, so, you know, so you're two crazy kids hitting the road. Yeah, we we don't San Francisco. Like you don't know any. Like it's our first time away from home. It's our first time that far from home. It's right. our first time really trying to live together. Right. 
It's yeah. also, it's oh, also, by the way, you have yeah. to function. It's also really our first time, like, being together at all times. Right. Because, like, a good year of our relationship had been, I'm in Florida and San Francisco and you're still finishing school. Or, right. Or, you know, or it's right. like... Come out for a visit, ain't that fun. Yeah, exactly. Or it's like, we're in school, but, like... Both have a million things to do and right. whatever. We're college kids dating, right? Um, so this was this was completely fucking different, completely. And, and you know, and we're living with uh, with two friends, so it's like she's stuck with like these three guys, and like all of us were really like laser focused at all times mm-hmm. in terms of okay, comedy, 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 and. Um, you know, to Torland's credit, she fucking dug in with this dude that she moved across the country with that right. probably was not paying attention to her, like, 70% of the time. Right. Not in, like, any real, like, meaningful, useful way. Right, right, right. right. Um, right. Uh, so it was, it was it was really fucking hard. Um uh, well, I, but know, I, her, I appreciate that unseen take on it. Yeah. Because it ain't all flowers and fireworks. Yeah, no, it's not. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure at the time, like, uh, a lot of the time, I was probably just like, oh, I didn't go to this thing because f- my, my fucking fiance, like, mm-hmm. put up a sting. But, I, like, I look back and it's just like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, you know, like, right. um, like, <coughs> you know, obviously, you know, hindsight mm-hmm. is a huge thing. And, like, mm-hmm. at the time, you don't know that, like, just not doing that bar show. <laughs> that five minutes of stand up at that bar probably wasn't too detrimental. Right. Um, <laughs> Your career would have. I look back continued. and I'm like, I don't know how we did that. Hmm. Um, so we were there for like two years and then decided it was time to uh, to do the Los Angeles jump. To she do would, the LA. Yeah, thing. she was acting and she was. Uh, I think she was getting a little sick of like doing nothing, but. Um, you know, like training videos right. for like Walmart and stuff like that, because like San Francisco has like a, an industry for actors, yeah. but it's it's a lot of stuff like that. There's like some commercials and then like a lot of uh, some corporate um, sexual sexual harassment training. Yeah, videos. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna walk you through how this new wireless mouse works for your laptop. <laughs> click, like, click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys make the move down uh, hand in hand. But why I ask why it's so interesting because um, uh, you know. I'm at a I'm older age. Most most of my friends are engaged or married now, but coming up in, in comedy, it, it just seemed like um, that's where a lot of cynicism towards love really dug in deep for me. Um, and all these comics, these road dogs, sure, yeah. were these uh, broken souls out out slinging their craft. Um, so you know, when I meet a guy like you, and it's 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 like uh, uh, oh, he's a good established married man. It's this t- <laughs> it's this thing that in my mind where I'm like, what a great a team they took on the world together, and and, and it's it's uh, nice to hear someone say, yeah, it was great, but also uh, that bar show. <laughs> yeah, I wish you know, I wish there was like um, like a more romantic way to like be like, I know, man, it was like we went full five hundred days of summer against the world, man. It was awesome. But I think um, but that's not true, you know. I, I, that's a- I think like a lot of it is just like we were too fucking stubborn to walk. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously, like we were we were in love. Uh, yeah. And we loved each other. Um, uh, and I'm talking in past tense because I'm talking about a past tense situation. <laughs> uh, uh, the twist of this isn't that we filed for divorce this morning. Uh, well, Ken, um, breaking news. But it, you know, it was yeah. like. Uh, you know, because she's she's been very clear uh, yeah. in the past when we've talked about this kind of thing, where she was like, "I mean, if I didn't love you, I would have 
fucking sure. walked. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, like, yeah, I don't, yeah. You know, you know, she's her parents are divorced. You know, she right. has a much. My parents are not. She has a much different take on it than me. Than you. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Like you know, if I the minute I thought that like now nah, this isn't working, <laughs> I would have just fucking bounced. I would have been sad, but <laughs> it would have been all right. Fuck you, man. Like I got art to make. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, that, yeah, that's great. I like I like to hear that stuff. I'm fascinated by 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 love and relationships because uh, they seem so foreign to me. But uh, uh, I love hearing those kind of things. So so the two of you pack up and you move to Los Angeles, which is the move eventually, as Soul Coughing once say, uh, saying, we are all in some way or another going to Reseda to die. So um, <laughs> yep. you come on down here. We looked at Reseda for a minute. Before we <laughs> came down here and like looked around, Yeah, we were like, uh, we had some friends that were already down here and we were like, mm-hmm. would it be funny to move to Reseda because that's where Daniel LaRusso lived? And they were like, <laughs> no. It wouldn't be. It would not be. <laughs> well, I, I <laughs> they put some distances like in our head, and they we're like, it would be like if uh, you had to drive uh, like from the East Bay to San Francisco, the like the financial right, district right. of San Francisco, like every day. Right. Uh, no one will ever see you, and it'll just be you and that Arby's. <laughs> and that Arby's. Well, it's funny. When you move to LA, I've always been Valley Side in the 18 years or so that I've been here. I've always been uh, Granada Hills, Northridge, Chatsworth, Canoga Park, which mm-hmm. is a dark time. Um, and. and uh, <laughs> North Hollywood and now Studio City, which is my favorite place, which is why the Knapsack Files still broadcast from here. But when you're moving down here, there's something like about hearing a, a street or a city named in a Tom Petty song. You think it's great. Yeah. You're like, oh, we're living in Reseda. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We're going down Ventura Boulevard. Boulevard. Yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, not the... Not the best place. So, yeah, you uh, you struggle through it, finding the right place to live, but you settle down here. Um, did you have a plan of action, or were you just like, let's do it, let's take on the world, or I'm going to do some crazy make ups down here, too? No. So, well, we did, and then it immediately didn't right. happen. Um, so, we were all supposed to come? Oh, the team, the band was supposed to come the band, on down. The band was pretty... The, uh, uh, the band was all, all, all supposed to come, uh... Right. In a pretty short amount of time. We were actually supposed to do um uh the move uh with Justin and then uh he had some opportunities like really last second and um not really last second, yeah. but like so he ended up in New York. Oh, okay. And um which which was hard because I've also I at that point like I, I had had two constants doing comedy with Justin. Right. And Torlin, and right. then I lost one. Right. Um, so that was weird. Uh, and then we moved. And to the other one's on the corner going, "Look, bud, I'll paint." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so then you know I was sort of down here, like I don't know what to what? do. Um, what year was this? What year did you come down? Oh eight, maybe oh nine. Oh wow, something like that. Oh wow, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, not, not too long ago. Um. And uh, so, so I was down here and, uh, you know, just tried to sort of do improv with some folks and, uh, maybe to my detriment, uh, pre- pretty quickly made the decision that I felt like trying to do a restart after working with the same guys, mm-hmm. like every day, four hours a day, five hours a day, getting that rhythm, we, burning that clown face, um, <laughs> was just, it w- was dumb and not possible. Right. Uh, so I, I was like, I, I'd been doing stand up a little bit in San Francisco, but it was more like kind of dabbling for fun. Sure. And, but, you know, I got down here and it was just like, okay, it's just me. 
Mm. I got what, what I got to figure out what to do, and that's what really sort of propelled doing stand up. It, it um it is just you. It is your voice. It is, uh, it, but it's also damn scary. Especially I. Yes. I came from that improv sketch world. Yeah. Which, ensemble guy. Ensemble guy and support, not just from your your castmates, but the audience is is a little different. Yep. Uh, oh, you're trying to you're trying to improv scene and it doesn't work. That they yep. clap anyways because that was a fun effort. Yeah. And I I don't know if you were like me, but even like. In the ensemble, I liked being the utility guy. I was too. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I loved being the like, I'm gonna be the waiter and maybe say uh-huh. a funny, th- and then get the fuck out of your scene. <laughs> I want to come in and like help you be the lead. I was the store manager. I yeah, was the yeah, salesman. Same, same. I was that. Yes. Yep, yep. I was. I was the second guy digging the hole. Yep. Um, yep. You know. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah. Even within the ensemble, I wanted to be in the background of the ensemble yeah. a lot of the time. And um, it's that, that switch to stand up is is it is jarring. Um, yeah. I remember so my first time after getting uh, voted out of the Groundlings in '02, and and Brian Keith Etheridge oh, and Peter, man, you did Spry- all that, cool. yeah. Uh, Brian Keith Etheridge and Peter Sprite were like, "It's time for stand up. You got to go do this." And and um, brought me to the belly room and had this great sold out show. And and all the Groundling performers who had just been voted out with us were doing stand up, and yay! It was this big cheery moment. Yeah. And then the next time. Um, was horrendous. No one I knew was there. Yep. And the comics don't care. They don't know you yet. And yep. it was this dark and light. Oh. <laughs> Improv was the light. Sketch was the light. Yeah. Not that there is an infighting and competition and all that kind of, but there's a different approach in him. Yeah, there's a it. different feel to it. I um. Oh God, I'm trying. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember my very first. LA gig that I did I honestly can't remember it right. uh, but the second or the third was my worst mm-hmm. which was um, it was just an open mic at mm. a bar in a bowling alley and to this day is it over in Canoga Park with Dante's show was it over at the Canoga Park Bowl that might have been it yeah actually yeah. I think fuck that's what I was about yeah. to say was to this day I don't remember where that what it was called yep. or where it was. Uh, yep. Because uh, in all my travels since, I've never like, oh, there's the bowling alley. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it might have been. Bowl, yeah. It been. Is there a weird like jungle? It was like a, yeah. a round bar. Round bar, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, thank you for giving a name to my nightmare. <laughs> um, so it was this, it was just this open mic. And uh, I got in and there were like, there were like six people. Yeah. And it, you know, it was all comics, which. Uh, Worst idea. Which is. And also, like, that's, you know, every L.A. comic story. But also, yeah. the San Francisco stand-up scene at that time was fucking amazing. Right. Um, everybody was super supportive. Everybody was so inspiring. That was, um, you know, uh, Hassan Minhaj from The Daily Show, mm-hmm. Mosa Kasher, Brent Weinbach, uh, Caitlin Gill, uh, just all these really incredible comedians, uh, Chris Garcia, and, like, these people who you're like, oh, shit, okay, that's... Mm-hmm. These are the guys where I got to get, and then those guys would be like, "Oh, stop it, dude! You're fine. Like, let's right. let's talk jokes and let, let let's talk shop." And like, everybody was at every mic, and right. Um, and then you you come down, and then it, it's a very opposite feeling down yeah. here. I I still don't agree with the term "LA comedy scene" because I don't think there is one. Right. Um, it's just a lot of comics sort of massed together. That that yeah. might have changed a little bit, but. <laughs> It's pockets. There's pockets. pockets. Yeah, there's LA comedy pockets. Yeah, there's the Um, comedy store drunk on the patio pocket. There's the the improv (laughs) eating chicken tenders at the Um, bar. (laughs) You know. But so so like we get there and um, 
as I walk in the door, there's just it's just like this guy in basketball shorts, and he's like yelling about Jews, and I was like, okay, here's, <laughs> this is where I am. All right, welcome to. Um, and um, the guy, so then that guy just leaves after his set. So then now it's it's including me. It's five people, right? And then the host uh, introduces me, and then. Him and everyone else that's there, the other four people, all leave to smoke. <laughs> and so it's literally just me <laughs> and the old lady behind the bar. Ah, that's comedy that's right there, guys. But they don't go, like, the bar has, like, an airport smoking room style mm-hmm. side room with, like, windows. So I can, like, see them actively not <laughs> giving a fuck and... <laughs> We'll never forget. Like I came home just like sobbing. Yeah, it was like we made a terrible mistake. <laughs> Huge mistake. We gotta go back. Uh, Pack up, honey. We gotta go back. Yeah, we're... yeah. I mean, the, my second, my second gig was an open mic. Um, uh, uh, maybe my third doesn't matter. First or second, uh, my first was a comedy store thing. Second and third was an open mic. Vance Sanders's uh, room at the Westwood Brew Co. and. Uh, Go up there. That was a good room. Yeah, uh, Chris Hardwick was there. Uh, um, all these other people uh, at the time. Eddie Pepitone was there mm-hmm. that night, um, and man, and it was packed. It was, it, it was kind of a hot open mic. You know, it was 35, 40 comics in the room, and to get up there and I just killed at the comedy store, and then to have my nice rehearsed material. You know, this is the laugh point. Nothing. Yeah, and yeah. that is what comedy really is when you're trying to make it. Yep, it's. Uh... It's it's a marathon with a like a couple of little like small mm. victories every now and then you have yeah. to just fucking like thrive on those. Um, Cause I got I got pretty ignored for um, for like a long time, right. and uh, obviously like there are things on my end I could have done to sure. prevent that. Uh, I could have hung out more, man. You know, I could. Yeah, but like. I, I, I'm a married dude. I got to, you know, I was a little more sort of domesticated, I guess, than, you know, folks my age out there doing it. So I didn't do that. <coughs> but as that often. goes back to what I was saying, too, where these cynical, yeah, anti love, yeah, 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 broken yeah. comics. Of yeah. course, they want you to hang out till four in the morning. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, and uh, there was, um, you know, so I, I would never get booked on stuff. And it was just, you know, it was like, uh, I'd have good sets, and someone would be like, "Why don't I see you around more?" And I'd be like, "I don't fucking know, man. I don't know, man. I, I, like, I don't. I just don't know." Uh, uh, obviously, a lot of that is because, like, the social aspect. I was, I wasn't, yeah, uh, doing that as much. So, um, uh, yeah. so you have these like small victories. Like, I finally uh, uh, got like a small spot on. Um, uh, there was a big room at the downtown Independent for a while called Holy Fuck. Dave Ross ran it, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, he had a lot of um, his like USC friends and stuff would come, and that that room would pack, and it was that was like right. the hot like little like indie room for a while, and um, mm. finally got like my five minutes right there, and had probably still one of the best sets I've had in ten years, just like two standing little ovations, oh, yeah. and like just fucking killed that. Um, you know, kind of got to walk past all the comics that, you know, it was one of those, it was, yeah. it was that total, like, I went back to high school and uh, <laughs> look at me now. And, um, like that. And then, you know, like Dave Foley had done a set that night. Yeah. Dave Foley walked over and was just like, Hey man, like that was funny. And oh, like man. Kyle Kinane walked over yeah. and Kyle Kinane is one of the funniest fucking yeah. people in the world. And was just like, yeah. dude, that was a great set. And like, uh, 
and chatted with me from, and I was just like, on cloud nine. You know, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, yeah. Here, here comes the momentum. Sitcom nothing, tomorrow. Nothing, Sitcom nothing, nothing. Tomorrow. So it's just like, you gotta, if you want to come do this, because, you know, like on Twitter, we have friends, mm-hmm. of, like uh, like fans and stuff, and people we talk to regularly that are like, hey, what's this like? And right. uh, it sucks until it doesn't. Yeah, you know, not not to be the cynical like four in the morning guy, but like it's hard, man. Well, it, you have to brace for impact, man, and, and that's yeah. the thing. I mean, we've been t- talking about some uh, some writing stuff that's going to appear on another episode here in the Knapsack Files soon um, uh, with Matt Key about how the people moved to town with. I got a script, and yep. cool. Where's the thirty I scripts a, you need? And yeah. yep. I got a hot improv group. We're making yeah. money in, in Louisville. <laughs> got primary color T-shirts gonna, on. Yeah, we're, we're gonna take over. We're gonna take over LA, and it's like, oh no, 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 no. This isn't. Yeah, it's not how. It and so you you often end up in spots, and and that's a good spot to transition to you working at Screen Junkies, and finding that as a you know you you had a you had a day job up until that time, right? Yeah, you, you had an uninspiring yeah so Excel sheet based day job. Or so when um. When I was still in San Francisco and was talking about moving to Los Angeles, uh, the best piece of advice I got, mm-hmm. and I will pass this piece of advice on to any listeners who are thinking about moving here to do stand-up, and that piece of advice was to meet a comedian named Ron Babcock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know Ron. I, I know I know Ron. But Ron is like, I was told, yeah. I was told Ron is the nicest, most giving dude. Mm. I'm going to introduce you and just be friends with Ron. Right. And, uh... uh not because like he like had a million political connections or right, anything like right, that, right. but it's just like it's nice to like in in this to be like oh like you're legitimately like good warm mm-hmm. person that's nice to have in this eter- it's nice to have a sweet summer child in this eternal <laughs> winter, um, and so like I met Ron when I got here and we we, we had always stayed in touch and uh, he started doing uh, the tournament of nerds at UCB which is Hal Rudnick's show right and. Um, uh, he he was he was doing great, and he was like, "You should be in this show, man! Like, this is so up your alley." And uh, so, without like any prompting or anything, or really mm-hmm. any permission, he uh, which one was it? We did. Oh, he was like, uh, "So I'm going to be ogre at mm-hmm. Tournament of Nerds from Revenge of the Nerds." Right. And I thought it'd be funny if you came on and did like a bit. If you were just like a nerd that came on, and so like every one of my tournament tournament rounds, uh, Tournament of Nerds is like. Sort of Screen Junkies roast, but you have these opposing characters, and it's a tournament form. Right. It's like a roast battle with fictional characters. Right. So and, Han um, Solo can fight Indiana Jones. Exactly. For the audience. Exactly. Um, so he was Ogre, and we thought of this really funny bit where, like, at the beginning of every one of his rounds, he did something terrible to this nerd, and it just got progressively worse. <laughs> uh, so we did that, and it, it went really well, and that's how I met Hal, and that's how I met, like, Justin Donaldson, the mm. other guy that uh, produces that show. And, uh, you know, they were like, you're funny, man. Thanks for coming by. And then, like, Ron just kept forcing me into his act. Wow. Uh, they did an all-president-themed uh, uh, show that was uh, judged by the cast of Veep. <laughs> so, like, like fucking Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And, there, like, wow. The, yeah, uh, judging. And uh, he was... Um, uh, he was Jefferson Davis, <laughs> and uh, technically a president. Technically president, and uh, and I was his hype man, and I just came out as like a juggalo, <laughs> and um, uh, and so I think that was the night where like like we did that one, and um, 
And so I think that was the night where Hal's Hal and Justin was were finally like, hey, like let's have you just you, you, you do just it. do it. And so like Ron just kept putting me on the show until they made me a regular on the show. And then uh um and then I guess uh, Screen Junkies was looking for a writer to assist Spencer with Honest Trailers. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Gilbert with uh, Honest Trailers. And I guess Hal overheard a conversation and was like, hey, we've got a dude. Uh, try him out. And, uh, yeah, so I was still at, um, I was working for Warner Brothers as, yeah. a, as an admin assistant. Right. Um, and before that, I had been at, like, this uh, property management company that managed, like, these death trap convalescent homes. It was a nightmare, like... Just like this gross, oh. gross <laughs> yeah. company to work for, and uh, that I, I I was at my lowest at yeah. that point. Like, um, yeah, uh, excuse me. Like I was like just really depressed all the time, and it gained all this weight, and uh, <laughs> and then um, before that, I was like at a real estate company that was wow. like fine, but it was a real estate company. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I was I was I was still at uh, Warner Brothers, and um, came over and did a day or two. Yeah, Screen Junkies just to sniff around each other. Yeah, I remember that day clearly. Yeah, that was uh yeah. we were working on Aladdin, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aladdin and Terminator Genesis. Terminator Genesis. Yeah. Um yeah, and and you didn't you you had to take a little leave from that job, right? Was that how, how did you do that? Uh well, it was you know, it wasn't a leave so much as a uh, you know, I got uh I got sick oh, for a couple of days. Got sick. Yes. <laughs> and uh um and you know, I, I will asterisk this. The group I worked for at Warner Brothers right. were the kindest, sweetest sure. people. And I was so tired at that point. Right. Because uh, this is this is going on, I don't know, like year eight or nine right. at this point. And I'm like, I'm starting to get to the point where like my parents are starting to kind of go, hey, yeah. you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe start looking around at Warner Brothers for something that you like doing. Right. And I had, you know, I was like, I was starting to uh, set up meetings mm. in like marketing departments and development and stuff right, like right, this right. Just, just to settle. And I was tired and kind of breaking. And, um, but that group, uh, uh, over in, uh, distribution at Warner Brothers, uh, 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 Brenda Danley, the lady I worked for, and Nancy Carson, who was our department head, the, the kindest, most supportive, positive people. Loved the fact that I did stand up. Right. Overlooked the fact that I was probably not great at my job <laughs> because I was doing stand up. Um, uh, and sort of, I got this. It, it was funny because um, I started there as a temp, filling in for this lady who was like sick, and there was like for some reason she was just able to keep being sick but not actually leave the job mm-hmm. so like i was just in this temp limbo for like years right and then um like they made up a job for me so that i could have a full-time job nice and then finally after like four years all of that cleared up and i got the official title of the job i had been doing and then like a month afterwards got the offer from Screen Junkies. Um, so yeah, I had to go in and be like, hey. hey. Um But well, that that was a that was like a pretty scary thing, uh, to make that jump. Because, yeah. you know, like you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like you've been grinding for so long and then all of a sudden you had this offer and you're you're kinda like, <coughs> no, yeah. no, like mm-hmm. that doesn't it's scary. Yeah. There's a, there, I mean, and you're talking, 
four years of one job this year. And for anyone, and we got a, uh, one of my Patreon listeners, uh, Eric Christensen, wanted to ask, you know, what did you do? What did you do to attract the attention of those who employed you? I.e., what made you stand out amongst your competitors for the same position? And you're telling that story of how even to get that position, it's a ten year story, ten yeah. years or more. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, 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 I don't know. We we can sort of pin the how. Comedian Joe became nerd comedian Joe and maybe jump into that in a minute. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Spencer will always insist that it didn't matter that I got along with everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, Spencer's the kind of guy who's like, I don't give a shit if I hate you. If, like, you write funny, honest trailers, I want you to work here. Right. Um, But I I feel like we all got along and I feel like we all clicked. And I I, I don't know. That's important. Uh, uh, We'll discriminate me and... uh, Gilbert will disagree on that. Um, <laughs> but, um, like, I, I felt like there was a good vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what it was, um, you know what, a specific thing that uh, Spencer told me uh, when I checked in with them. I was very corporate when I came in. Yeah. And, like, every month yeah, sat down with Spencer and Andy. Or, like, went out of my way to be, like, checking in. And, like, Andy <laughs> got to the point where he was, like, Oh, are you, are you making me be your fucking boss again? Like, uh, <laughs> fuck, man. Um, but Spencer was like, you take notes. Right, right. When I gave you a note, you take it. Um, that might be yeah. my big, that might be the best creative advice I can give you. Yeah. Uh, if if you're listening and you want creative advice, is that the moment someone says, hey, can you, can you do this? Fucking do it. Right. Even if you don't agree with it. Even if you're screaming in your head right that this is this is a dumb creative thing and you think your thing is funny or just do it like show that you can play ball yeah take the note pick your battles and take the note cuz I'll tell you the only time in that in that period where Andy sat me down and was like you got to fucking get on your game dude yeah. and kind of fear god godded me was I got two notes on a trailer I don't remember what they were and I didn't really agree with them and I just kind of didn't do them, and so right. my jokes were still the the joke the way I'd written it was still like in the next draft, and uh, immediately you know everyone was like, we talked about this one, why wasn't this fixed? Right. And that was that's the one time at Screen Junkies that I got called in to the room, yeah. and you know Andy was like, you're doing a great job, we all really like you. Yeah, that doesn't happen again. Yeah, um, not that it's a dictatorship or anything. No, like no, that. but, but it's, when it's, your job is job. staff writer. Yeah. You know, and the showrunner says, do this, do it. Like, yeah. learn to take the note, whether you're whether you're an actor or, or a writer or whatever. Say, yes, I can. Thank you. Take the note. Uh, that's tremendously valuable. It's something I've been still learning and struggling with because we all we all have these long paths and we all have successes along the way to get us where we are. So it's mm-hmm. very easy to fall into that ego of no, no, no. Yeah. I know. I've been out there for a minute, pal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, picking your battles is the right word, and it's, uh, uh, you know, positions uh, uh, of power. You you might not be in one yet. You might be in one one day, you know, and so you got to be respectful of that. Mm-hmm. That's a very good advice. And, yeah, and, and being on the outside of that writer's room in, in the next office in the producer's room, but you did, uh, you, you're just a good guy, and that became... That became clear. Not that the, the people who had been writing before weren't, but there's some value to not necessarily clicking, but just being a person that you look look across the hall and go, ah, there is. That's yeah. a good person who we want to work with. Yeah, who's not difficult, uh, who will stand up, doesn't roll over, 
but will yeah help the flow of this off. That that yeah, that's uh, just a fun continual uh, balancing act. Yeah, yeah. is uh, not that it's fake. Yeah, you know, but like I don't always want to roll over and smile and go okay. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, it's a, I mean you're working with um, you're working with a with a department of. Fuck, I don't know how many people even work at Screen Junkies on a day-to-day basis sometimes. 25? Yeah. It's a big team. It's a big team. Depen- I, depending on what all we're doing, it's a big team. Yeah, and it grew rapidly, but it was it was big even when I got there. But but uh, it grew rapidly, and I think I don't think a lot of people, because the YouTube label is on it, I think people still think it's some dudes in a room. Yeah, yeah. I think I, 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 the, yeah, you still get a lot of YouTube commenters that just think that, like, it's John. Yeah. You know, because yeah. he's the voice, and they're just like, yeah. Shut up about your Batman opinions, John. <laughs> and it's like, no, man. <laughs> like the it's uh, big. it's Spencer, it's me, it's Dan, it's Andy. Uh, mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's uh, it's our two guys, and it's our two guys in post. It's the person that oversees post. Like, it's, yeah. you know, it's so many people. It's, it's a it's a well oiled machine, and so if they have yeah. some Rebel Joe star in there going, yeah, that's no, not, my joke is better. Yeah, that's not good. That's not gonna fly <laughs> until until you've like earned that spot where someone goes, yeah. What do you have to exactly? To that's say. Just, the yeah. power will shift us, uh, at some point eventually. Yeah, and, I, and I think I had that. I think that moment was central. Mm. Was Comic Con for me? Oh yeah, th- that was the coming out party of Joe Star into the into the upper echelon of leadership. I think so. Like I so, watched it happen. <laughs> like if uh, so, if uh, for your listeners, we did we did the most insane thing, which yeah. was our own Comic Con right next to Comic Con. It was right. just like three days of live stream. Oh 18 man, eighteen live a thing. shows and two it and a half was days. a thing. Yeah, and uh, but you yeah. know what? I I was so into it because I was like, the last time I did this, we set a clown face on fire and we <laughs> threw it in the ocean. I'm in. I'm on board. That's what it felt like to me. Uh, was uh, and um, I I love that. Fuck it, we're doing it. Like yeah. I, oh, I love that. And we were in a room. I, we were talking about something completely separate. Um, yeah. And someone brought up like side note. Who's going to like run the show like from the stage? <laughs> like who's actually like we should have a host? Like who's yeah. hosting it? I I just raised my hand and was like I can do that. Yeah. And um. I don't I don't think at that point anyone even knew. That I was a stand-up or like performed a yeah, lot, yeah. so I think everyone was like, "Some did, but can some did. you?" Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah," and did, <laughs> yeah, and 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 did so in such a way, especially if anyone's listening who was watching Central, who was at Central. I mean, it was controlled chaos, and I'm using the word "control" <laughs> very with, with very very loosely. It was a train careening down the tracks, um, but every time we're all it, screaming, it was like, "Grab Joe Star, put him up on, on stage. You got to kill ten minutes." But not kill it. You must entertain the audience and guide them to the next show. And they're tired. And they're yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and you uh, you proved yourself and 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 found your moment and were were brave enough to take that uh, sword and charge into battle. Yeah. And so that gets you a certain kind of currency, indeed. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Th- I think that was sort of my oh Joe can can yeah. Can but this none of this stuff, stuff happens overnight. And I'm hearing your story, and it's similar to so many other stories, mine included, where you find yourself where you need to be, but you look back and it's like that wasn't. Mm-hmm. Where I was going, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. not where I set out to go. Exactly, um, it was going to be the Joe Star sitcom or something. It was going to yeah. be Uncle oh, yeah. Dad. <laughs> oh yeah, it was going to be Uncle Dad. It was going to be it was going to be uh, uh, our group. You know, yeah. you 
can on YouTube uh, look up uh, SPF Seven. That was the name mm-hmm. of our group. Uh, it was not one we came up with. It was one that the theater in Florida gave to us, but we kept it. Uh, You can look at our weird old videos we made in 2006, uh, you know, and that, that was the deal. It was that, that that was going to be the group. And, uh, um, you know, even plans will change so quickly and you have to learn to adapt to them. Like even, you know, in college I was like, I'm going to be a fucking actor. And even in high school I was like, I'm going to be a fucking actor. And like, um. (laughs) And even by like the end of college, I was like, I don't think I'm very good at acting. Mm. Like I, yeah, I started to sort like I was, uh, I was like in the lead in a couple of like shows, like my junior and senior year. And like by the end of it, I was like, I don't think I'm good at this. Mm -hmm. Like, or at least I don't feel good doing it. Right. Even if maybe like I can fake it till I make it. Like, uh, at no point do I ever feel lost in a character. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I'm just saying lines. Like, I know I'm just saying lines. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I was sort of trying to find my place and get an agent and, you know, do yeah. commercial acting and, and things like that. And I was like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not this dude. Like, I can't do this. Uh, and so that plan changes. Yeah. And it's like, okay, stand up and writing, stand up and writing. Here right. we go. Um, right. And then I think I was starting to quit on stand up. So I was like, just writing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's something to be said for about picking a lane, but it's also hard to. Yeah, stand up kind of never leaves your blood. I've left it, but it's never just part of me that's still there. Yeah, you know? so yeah. it's tough. But then you find, like I said, you find out you're getting paid to write. But then you started, you know, you've started becoming a little breakout personality too in in, in the world that which we has created. Been, which has been fun. I'm, I'm very yeah. fortunate to yeah. have it. Now um, you, you co-host Flash and Friends, and you made several appearances on Monday Night Raw, which is where I think internally was the, the first time people at Defiant Screen Junkies were like, "Oh, this this Joe Star guy <laughs> isn't just about writing jokes. Him and his three voices. <laughs> Him and his three voices, but they're <laughs> damn funny. <laughs> and it's Luke Skywalker on a Jimmy Buffett island, and it's hilarious. Um, and so that was fun too to watch someone emerge that that was fun i I definitely was like um i definitely sort of saw that moment where i was like oh man i could probably just go do whatever i want for like 15 minutes on nick's show so like i'll make those shots count yeah you know and i give nick mundy credit it was like every week it was like i want joe star i want joe star to the point we had to tell him like could maybe not joe star every week yeah (laughs) we'll just make it the joe star show he has to pay his rent yeah uh and uh do the job we hired him to do yeah but uh um, it was great um i i do have some uh some patreon questions from my my can i throw some at yeah you? let's do it let's do it here so uh for those who are uh, supporters of the knapsack files on patreon uh we put up some polls that's why joe star won the poll to be the first guest but also some uh questions um so uh this is from uh Ulrich Stovetland, um, probably saying that wrong, but uh, this is a, hey, you're, you're, you're a TV fighter, and at this, at the time this airs, your TV fight championship battle will be over. Uh-huh. We don't know those results, um, which you fought often on movie fights. If you could fight any celebrity of your choosing, who would it be and why? You've already had some good opportunities. We got to do that Rogan thing, which yeah. was crazy. Really, that was bizarre, um, uh, which happened very quickly. And then it was, it was just, it was just, that was so weird. Cause like we were sitting and waiting and then Rogan came in and shook everyone's hand. And then we did the movie fight and he destroyed us. And then he was like, gone. And it was just like, <laughs> what? Then he and Michael Sarah what? went down the hall to clever what to did we eat do? food with Aaron Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'd love to have, um, Dan slot on movie fights. He is probably the, the best. I, I think he's 
going to be like maybe, you know, because technically you can't take like Stanley and Jack Kirby out of the spot. But I think he'll probably be the number two, like greatest Spider-Man writer of all time. Okay. Uh, And he's he's so funny. And uh, if you follow him on Twitter, you know, the motherfucker can argue. Right. Um, I I think he would be super fun to have on. Um, I'd love to. uh, This one's always tough. Like, who would be? I, mean, if I don't. I don't know about movie fight, but I'd love to just sit and talk to John Carpenter for like an hour. Sure, that would be cool. Do Joe Joe he's, Star and John Carpenter. He's a Kentucky guy. Fifty five minutes. Yeah. Oh, dude, that would be. I'll just talk to him about Big Trouble in Little China for an hour and a half. Absolutely. Like that would be. That would be awesome. That's a good answer. Uh, Jonas Bergen wants to know what is your spirit animal. Do you have one? Yes. It was. Uh, it was kind of assigned to me. Uh, it's. It's an. It's an otter. Oh, um, yes. Tell this story. Yeah. So one day, I, th- I don't know if we were... I'll, I'll set this up. I wasn't fully aware of this, and I walked into your house for a birthday party, your birthday party. My, my annual birthday potluck brunch. P- potluck brunch. And there's a bunch of just Captain America otters everywhere. Yep. That my wife made. No idea what was going on. Uh, they're also, if you ever watch a Screen Junkies video that is shot in our writer's room, it's uh, they're, one of those is on my desk. Uh, I don't know if we were like... Oh, you know what? We went to uh, the aquarium in uh long beach yeah. with some friends and we were watching the the otters and i don't think i had ever like actually seen any oh the otters are yeah they're, they're awesome they're, and they're, they do they're, like a whole show or yeah. like uh they're in the ferret family and i'm a big ferret fan so they're uh, they're very yeah. similar um yeah. and we were watching and my, and my wife was like that is literally you because you <laughs> never stop acting like a fucking idiot <laughs> and, you know, like you're always like Wiggly or or just so so yeah so otter otter that otter. you have that I don't otter I think some thing. people might not have that answer but you you yep. have it you uh, have it um so um do you Marzuki asked do you have a favorite YouTube channel that's not related to movies or TV shows um hmm that's not related to movies and TV I mean gosh guys that's my whole life I know um, it's I, I'm trying to think too. Yeah, because I, I watch a lot of ASMR stuff to go to sleep, so maybe that's my. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> uh, at first take, I was gonna say bad lip reading, but mm. is is my favorite thing lately. But that's that's it, a, can, it can be related. That's a movie TV thing. Um, mm, this is so hard. I like. Uh, there's a you must remember this is a cool like his, history podcast that okay. I've been listening to a little bit. Um, Man, yeah, I, I, I hate to sound so pathetic, but like uh, every it, everything in me is so tied up in in pop culture. It is. Uh, I've been so t- worse answer, but like I've been uh, I've been watching old uh, uh, Hector uh, from yeah. Screen Junkies News and Emma Fife and them play yeah. uh, Star Wars: Edge of the Empire over at Hyper oh, RPG. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which has been a lot of fun. That's been my evening commute mm-hmm. podcast. Is I, I listen to mm-hmm. them uh, uh, play. Play, uh, We're going to be hearing Wars. about that. We have Emma Fife next week on the Napsack Files. Who is cool? Yeah. Emma's one of those people who, like, uh, we, we don't know each other too well, but you're just like, fuck, we should have been friends for, like, the yeah. past, like, ten She's years. Great. She's rad. She's um, great. So, you, so man, I, I, you like I me. had Otter, like, right there, but fuck. That's fine. Um, That's fine. You and me need to grow. So maybe more. Mar, we need Mar, to grow as Marzuki can, he can tell us, yeah. point us in the right direction. What, what do you guys like? Because I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll check it out if, Hasht- I, if I can. Hashtag the Napsack Files. Include Joestar187 on Twitter and, and tell him what to watch. Uh, Tim Van Newland asks, ever had a good story or oh, idea? So depressing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know what if it's not got the Spider Man. I don't watch nothing without the Star War. Oh. <laughs> ah, on, sorry. Uh, Tim Van Newland asks, ever had a good story idea for a book, movie, but never continued with it? This is an interesting question to me because as a, as a writer, screenwriter type too, is there stories, great stories that you're still waiting to tell? Oh, shit. Afraid to go back to because you didn't like the way you wrote them? How does that go? Oh, let's fucking pick a few. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got a, I've got a shitload. Um the two that so I have two that I actively go back to, and then I have one that I don't go back to, but it makes me mad that it didn't yeah. happen. We can talk about that one yes. too if you want. Um, yes, I want to hear that. So the two are there's a project that Justin started right. and then kind of abandoned, and I was like, "Can I?" Because I love this, and right. so I took it and sort of made it a different thing, uh, and that was called Dragon Burger. And that was basically about like uh like a sort of a fast food restaurant in Lord of the Rings <laughs> basically um, right and uh it, I think Justin started doing it as like a comic strip and um and then kind of let go of it and I, and I was like, can I just uh, so I started writing a screenplay around it, which I still like. And every now and then, like it's it's you know it's it's one of those Google Docs, and every now and then up. I'm like, oh god damn, I just thought about Dragon Burger really yep. hard, and uh, so I'll pop that back up, and um, just thought about Dragon Burger really hard, really hard, <laughs> and uh, you know it sucks because uh, the longer you like don't do a, a project, the yeah. more things will happen where you're like, well, fuck, yeah, um, like I used to do um, uh, an improvised. Like preacher character, that was my right. favorite thing in the world. I loved uh, his name is Reverend Victor B. Wicklander from Beaver Dam, Kentucky, and I love him. <laughs> and uh, all I ever wanted to do for a long time was tour like an actual revival, Final, yeah, and yeah. and film, and that was gonna be my tour. And uh, bring along a bunch of comedian friends that all also play characters, you know, the praise band and all right. this stuff, and. I never did it, and now mm. there's like six mm-hmm. like yeah. revival things, um, and I'm, I'm always just like, God damn, uh, I had this idea like ten fucking years ago, and I didn't jump on it. That's um, the worst. Uh, so there's Dragon Burger, there's that. Uh, I have a my my other big script was called Strike Force, <laughs> and it, not the Tito Santana Rick Martel tag team. No, uh, actually, yeah, it was a <laughs> it's my biopic about. Uh, <laughs> About Tito Santana. Um, And that was about the idea that, um, you know, like like Three Ninjas and Agent Cody Banks and like anything that's about like a kid fighting the government or something (laughs) like, or like this kid's a government agent and any weird shit like that was an idea of uh, what happens to those kids when they're adults. Adults. Oh, that's great. And uh, so the plot of that was something like uh, the government has these teams called Strike Forces, and it's kids. And it was this whole thing. And then, like, the current Strike Force or something goes rogue, and they have to bring in these kids that are now, like, 30 (laughs) and, like, trying to put their lives back together to, like... That's um, good. And I, I say you got go picture. I yeah right yeah I got I gotta get that one done. I I, I love that I you know like the the bad boy kid is now like um, a very conservative Mormon. 
because yeah. he just needed structure so badly. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, lives in a townhouse that's directly next door to his fiance's townhouse <laughs> and stuff like that. And then so, like, her having... And then all of a sudden, one day, they're, like, strolling and all of these, like, 11-year-old ninjas, like, try to kill them. <laughs> and she has to be like, what the fuck's happening? And then just the idea of that guy having to explain, like, well... um, you know, 17 years ago, I was a part of like this, this, this cra- and sh- you know, her being like, when you were 12, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, when I, when I was 12, um, was I, government I, killing agent. I, yeah, I killed Saddam Hussein, <laughs> but that doesn't even add up. Like Saddam Hussein died like eight years ago. No, nope, yep. that was a different, <laughs> that was a different one. Um, I think you, I think it's still time. Yeah. That's my, that's my still other time. one. And then, um, my, uh, first writing gig when I moved to LA was we got hired to write to rewrite this guy's script. Uh, so th- this is all we could talk for another two hours about this weird thing. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, some some guy that uh, my buddy knew from the Bay was trying to direct this feature, and he had gotten money from some other dude in the Bay that just had money and it's wanted. It's always that guy who has yeah, money, and he wanted to produce like his nephew's script. But it was bad, so like they brought us in to rewrite it. It was like a twenty-page script, oh, of course, and uh, there were like there were like twelve rapes in it. Oh. It was like about this Navy SEAL fighting a biker gang, and it was like a twenty-page <laughs> script with like twelve rape scenes in it. Like it was horrible. The fucking so like we we were like oh let's just take this and make it the ultimate B movie so like every page of it was a reference to another movie like the right. town was called Dalton and you know right, like right. all the, the like um you know just all this shit and uh and uh it was insane the, this weird writing process like the first time I went to do notes with the guy that was going to direct it uh, my buddy who knew him was out of town so it was just me. And, like, I knocked on this door, and someone was just, like, come in, and, like, all this pot smoke, like, blew out, and he was just, like, in a room getting tattooed by a guy. <laughs> it was insane. And then it just didn't happen. Like, Rob Van Dam was attached to it, and, like, Rosie Perez was attached to it. Like, they'd all signed, like, letters of intent to be in this dumb fucking, like, straight-to-Netflix <laughs> movie. Or at that time, still straight-to-Blockbuster. Yeah. Um, and then like after all that, it just like didn't happen. Imagine um, that. Yeah. Imagine, imagine that. that. I still have like a soft spot in, in my heart for our dumb Navy SEAL fights a biker game. You can go back to scripts. it. Always go back to it. Strike Force seems like a good idea too. I lo- oh yeah. You got some Someday. ideas sitting there. Dragon Someday. Burger. Uh, a couple more questions here. Just some European guys says, Joe Starr, what was the talking dog controversy? Was it just a clever evil ploy by Spencer to completely throw you off your guard? This is in reference to a, a movie fights incident now. Oh yeah. So we were, um, yeah, we, like once a year they do this big movie fights, one day movie fight sort mm-hmm. of round robin tournament yep. for a, what's it called the showstopper the showstopper yeah and the showstopper gives you a shot at the champ whenever you want it yeah and uh, i'd done really well in my first round and uh and then uh we the next question was improve a movie with a with a talking dog and i argued uh saving private ryan <laughs> and um i was uh, it was me and spencer oh and andraco yeah mark andraco and i think Andy sort of looked in the eyes of Spencer and looked in the eyes of Mark Andreco and was like, oh, this is going to get very bad <laughs> very quickly. 
I don't want this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I, which by the way, I totally agree with. Like sure. it was that round was going to not be f- funny fun. or yeah. fun. It was yeah. just going to get dark. dark. Like Mark yeah. Andreco can fucking bring some dark sauce. Yeah. And that's where it was going to go. And, um, and so I think Andy was trying to save me and kind of trying to save his show and just disqualified me. Just kicked you um, And I didn't care, but <laughs> it, I, it was a stronger move to dramatically yeah. quit the channel and walk out of the studio and slam a door. Um, <laughs> inside baseball for that. Yeah. We also had like eight different Screen Junkies roast deadlines that day. Right. That none of us were meeting because we were all in the movie <laughs> fights room. And literally as I walked out, because you know, yeah. uh, the movie fight studio exits into our post-production department. And right. literally I walk out and slam the door and our editor was like, can you look at this? Can and you? I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I never actually came back in because I was working. Because you were working, yeah. Because um, well, we, we have so many things, lot of things going, going on, on at all once. times. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, look, you know, it, it was... It was fun and funny, and Annie and I both ran with it. It's mock show, Um, mock show, entertainment. So, but you know, we have this TV fights now coming up. With I I get to uh, butt heads with Andy over Talking Dog, and I get to butt heads with uh, Matt Lieberman for always ducking me. So that's good. Final one here. This leads into a a good discussion we have as we as we start to close. Um, In the internet, movie, TV news, reaction media landscape, how do you walk the line between offering frequent news to keep fans updated and just offering clickbait, which also is tough of the industry that you and I are in. That's a fair question. With what's going on in the world and how do you talk about Batman when there's other things more important, but it's still our job to talk about Batman. How do do you approach it? Because I I know how I try to fail often, but how I try to. Yeah, I I think this is a big conversation for both of us of how the fuck do we do this? Right. Because, um, so I guess I'll address the there are more important things yeah, going on first, and then we can actually talk about Superman. the the process of <laughs> how we try to make videos yeah. uh, that yeah. matter when, like, a picture of a Jurassic Park hat. Goes <laughs> um, my my opinion will always be that it's it's okay to like things, it's okay to care about things, it's important to care about things. Right. Um, uh, Star Wars and stuff like that. Uh, gave us our morals for for the most... Like, whether you really, like, outwardly recognize it or not, those things sort of inspired you and shaped you, and they're important. Um, Definitely. uh, We we were talking before we recorded. Uh, So I host... Uh, with Roxy Stryer, a show called Flash and Friends, where we just, we talk about the fucking CWDC shows, which are fun, but who gives a shit? You know? Um, You know, even in the entertainment landscape, like, I ain't talking, this this is the Martin Scorsese hour with, like, (laughs) Roxy Stryer and Joe Starr. We're literally talking about Legends of Tomorrow, which I love, but who cares? Um, We had to do one... uh, the day uh, Hillary Clinton lost the election. And, right. um, you know, obviously, obviously we have a lot of fans and a lot of listeners who right. weren't necessarily hurt by that. But, right. uh, you know, for us, we were. And, it, you know, we were like, oh, why the fuck do I want to talk about how shitty Arrow was this week? Like, right. today sucks. And, like, we have to go live. And what the fuck? And, yeah. you know, we're all pretty miserable. And it's like, what does this mean? And, um Supergirl that week had been uh, the week 
the episode where her sister like officially came out. Right. And uh, so we just like clutched onto that because something I like about that show is that it's very hopeful and optimistic and that's right. sort of what DC and also pop culture in general should sort of be for us. Right. Challenging and, uh, you know, sort of challenging the gray skies. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, and so we really just sort of clutched to that. And um, because while it's easy to be like, oh, maybe you motherfuckers shouldn't give a fuck that the it's called The Last Jedi, har, right, har, right, har. Right. Uh, but, like, there are kids out there right now right. that, like, you know, we're all yeah. old, jaded fucks. Yeah. But, like, there are kids out there right now who look at, like, Finn and Rey and Poe Dameron and all these characters. And they're getting formed right now the same way that we were. Right. There was um there was that article that went viral some uh, some girl who like worked at uh, a comic book store, this like closeted gay girl came in for Supergirl stuff because of that episode had come out. Right. And they got to sort of have a moment of connection like I I think um you know like today we have like all the like we're suddenly not Letting refugees into our right. country and, you know, all this stuff. There are people that are scared and they're lonely. And um, if there is an L.A. and New York bubble, I think it, that bubble is the assumption that we can just walk around and talk about all these issues with whoever we want. <laughs> but the reality is right. there's a whole country out there of people who are scared to be themselves. They're right. scared to leave their house. And so, like, pop culture is what they have. have. Yeah. And that's why that stuff's so ma- so important to them. And which, so I, which is also why it was so important back then, when even less when it was like you like that stuff that yeah, it was yeah. a secret candle you you burned in your own room. Exactly. And now I, I would say that pop culture, uh, we have an opportunity for it to sort of take the place of like punk rock and like the right. hippie movement and stuff like that, where we can put how we feel and what we mean into those things. So I, while yes, there are more important things, and there needs to be sure. that balance. I think it's easy and an oversimplification and yeah. a little disingenuous right. to uh to just scream it down yeah um yeah you know uh like i i'm a i'm a comedian i i i i'm a i'm a funny words writer right and uh the reason you guys voted for me to do this and this interview to to begin with is because of that and i can use that right positively yeah not like a weight. Um, <laughs> as, now, the much harder conversation yeah. is how do we make a meaningful video and not just clickbait? <laughs> it, and it's a fair question. It's because, fucking hard. Yeah, it's a totally fair because question. Because it, then it becomes into the business side of things to me where a good thumbnail and a title that draws you in doesn't necessarily mean it's clickbait. It just means it's good business. Yeah. Um, there's mandates. I, I don't want to give away my numbers, but I have a company mandate about the amount of views they're supposed to get a month. Yeah, same. Um, same. As you do, too, because... Because it's business. We're not guys mm-hmm. in Wisconsin um, uh, doing uh, videos on their own. God bless those that can, but we we have a business to run. And so it does become a delicate balance. But there are some days I'm a huge Star Wars mm-hmm. fan. I didn't want to talk about The Last Jedi too much because I was like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but you know, you got to have to do. You've got to find that model and you've got to find your voice and. Um, you know, you know, there's 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 a huge, you know, balance and like working period. You know, we sort of take for granted like honest trailers has 
a solid voice right. and it's it's consistent and it's regular and you you know what you're going to get but i would argue that it wasn't always like that right. um you know just from the the cosmetics of john wasn't even the voice for a right. lot of them and they were still figuring those out like if you go back and um uh if you watch uh this comes out wednesday, wednesday yeah so tuesday is um i'm trying to remember uh I can't remember. Sorry, my my <laughs> my brain just fried. If you watch, you know, like this month's honest trailers. Right. Go back and watch um uh Phantom Menace in 3D. Right. Or watch The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. And even it's not just the voice that's different, it's the feel, it's the tone. They're a little angrier, they're a little right. snarkier. Um right. And now, but now that like that program has had time to find a consistent voice and a consistent and, and a balance, and it's I don't think we really play our political hand too much, no, at all. But uh, honest trailers has been labeled you know social justice warrior garbage by like right. so many fucking people because you know like in the Suicide Squad extended cut we point out that like. Um, we have a great run in the extended cut on Plus where it's like, uh, never before have people of all nationalities been brought together to hit women. <laughs> it's like Native American guy yeah, yeah. hitting a woman. And <laughs> like this black guy that wants to hit a woman. Yeah. <laughs> and like, um, or stare at their boobs and butts and then just do a run of Harley Quinn boob and butt shots. And people are like, oh, you fucking. Yeah. Um, so like that, you know, yeah. that show has. So you, you, you sort of got to find that that balance. Um, and it it is an honest, I think, thing where it's like, we've got viewers and fans that yeah. are not cut of the exact same political right. cloth of us. And that doesn't mean that we don't challenge them and we don't, uh, placate to them or go quietly in the night so that they're right. happy. Uh, but you've got to, f- but if I just like yell at them, right. I'm going to lose them. Right. Uh, and not and not lose them as I'm going to lose subscribers because right. there are worse things. I'm going to lose that ear. Right. And from a business side, from a personal side, I've always felt like you, you get more uh, flies with honey. And uh, if I just scream at them at all times, I feel like I'm going to lose, lose, yeah. that, lose that ear. Whereas, you know, with some folks, like yeah. even slow progress is progress, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's complicated because also this this industry didn't exist too no, long it's, ago. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, man. It's so it's brand new. It's brand new. And <laughs> so you know, I guess you could draw it to like sports. And I'm a sports fan. So how? Hey, how do you talk about sports during during tough times? But a lot of times, that's what brought people back. And comedy brings people mm-hmm. back after tragedy. People want to laugh, and and humor helps us understand things. And now it's pop culture. And you're right. These are the myths, the myths and epics of our time which is also mm-hmm. a reflection of us. And so there's a lot of uh, our, our, our stories and our struggles are in there. So I don't, I feel sometimes attacked that I'm fortunate enough to have a job that my job today was to write a, a, a essay on Darth Maul. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, like, I'm sorry. Hooray. I have that job. It's um, a job I've waited 40 years to get. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I had to write a, um, but I still have to do it. I had to write a script of like, um, uh, 10 Transformers moments that the movies have right. stolen. And, like, I I love fucking Transformers so much. <laughs> and, like, that was my job. And, like, halfway through it, I was like, <laughs> I'm getting paid to write this. Yeah. What? Yeah. Um, so, you know, there is, 
there's this weird balance that we have to figure out of like, uh, it, it's okay to care about these things. Also, we have we're all we're all run by companies yeah. that have specific expectations of us, right. and if those expectations aren't met, honest trailers goes away. You know, right. all these things go go away. Uh, I have, and you know, I you know both have this notoriety being associated with these things. Right. Now that we have important voices, I loved the the thing you tweeted about you, the the refugee statement, right. grandfather. That was that was incredible, and. Right. Um, being a part of this sort of talkback culture right. gave you an audience to to say that to, and um, so it's this weird balancing act for us. Like we hear you, uh, but it's a weird balancing act for us where it's right. like, uh, you know, we got we got to hit these numbers, or we lose, these- <laughs> or we lo- we lose that that voice where we, we can say these other things. Yeah, and, um, yeah, it, it it is weird. Like I I do have my days where I just sit there and I'm like. I don't give a shit that the that the rock is yeah going to be black adam like I don't care right but I need I need to that's my job today I need today. to yeah uh, just like uh you know my job used to be I don't I don't care I used to manage this whole spreadsheet of movie scheduling and you know so it was like it was like 5 years worth of right. When every movie is going to come out for the next five years, and when it's going to release in every country in oh, the wow. world, and every day I had to look at a report where those titles had been moved, and I had to change <laughs> them in the spreadsheet. That was my job, and it's oh, boy. but yeah, it's like you know I didn't always give a shit. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, oh, monster trucks moved for the 80th time. Fuck me. Yeah, but it was my job. It was your you job. Know? Yeah, and that and that's what I when I go back to reference when I had a job for 17 years that wasn't in the quote limelight. Um, I'm a FFF level limelight person now, but you know, um, I still you still there was horrible things going on in the world, horrible things going on in personal life, but I still had to go make sure that this hole in the ground had caution tape around it. <laughs> you know, yeah, I still, exactly. And exactly. so it's still the same thing. It's just now I do have people listening, but I had people, I had fifty five people under my charge back then, and yeah. they ha- I had their ear. And, and it's and, it's important, you know, like. Uh, I think maybe some of the reason why, like, uh, the L.A. bubble the or the Hollywood elite bubble sure. exists or, like, oh, you guys are just, like, these YouTube personalities and blah, blah, blah. But it, it's not just us. You know, like, if, <laughs> if we don't do these, some of these videos that feel a little emptier and a little more hollow, yeah. you know, we've got, you know, a crew in that newsroom of uh, two board ops and our social guy and right. two camera ops. And, like, there's a crew in there. Yeah. And they're... They got they got to pay their rent. Yeah, you know. Um, I got into a discussion today on Twitter, which was unfortunately a heated discussion from both our ends, and we both uh, kissed and made up afterwards uh-huh. about, you know, like let's fuck it, let's cancel the Oscars. And, oh, right, right, right. And you know, I'm like, there's that's not, the Oscars isn't just famous people going on a stage. It's it's those board ops. It's the valet guy. It's the valet guy. It's the security teams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, that, it, that was my the, old industry. Yeah, they got they got to yeah. get those gigs. And they got they got to pay their rent. You know, it's, yeah. um, uh, it's a fine tapestry. Yeah, it's it's a weird, dumb, complicated uh, t- 
tapestry and a weird balancing but, act. But you you uh, you go through this world in a wonderful fashion, Joe Star. You are uh, 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 an inspiration to many I know, and that might be, make you uncomfortable with your breakfast burrito here that we had. There's two gentlemen <laughs> eating breakfast burritos in front of, in front of microphones. But you do it very well, and I'm uh, glad and honored that you uh, were able to come to the Napsack File Studios. There's so much more I want to talk to you about. Uh, we'll do that another time, we'll do, I'm sure. Let's Yeah, uh, let's do a little little, little uh, part two. Do, at some point. That'd be fun. I'd really love to do that. Yeah, uh, you are uh, you're a great guy, and I love to hear part of your story. I love to hear the, the real parts of your story, and I really wish I could have watched you burn that clown. Oh, man. That will really uh, wish. stay in my life forever. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me, man. I, I hate, like... Um, with what we do, it doing shows and podcasts and yeah. stuff almost becomes like our excuse to just be able to spend time with each other. It is. Like that. Sometimes ha- I'm like, have me on Schmoes so I can see Mark. I miss <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah, um, and that's the way it is. But uh, you and I are going to have a nice Italian dinner at a bad Italian restaurant oh, it's soon. Be good. Uh, and uh, all that fun stuff. Uh, before we go, though, I do want to let you, uh, you guys know uh, you can follow me at Ken Napsock and use the hashtag The Napsock Files to join the conversation. Joe Star, you are still at Joe Star 187. Joe Star 187. And uh, if you go to uh, Bantan. Bandcamp.com, look up uh, my stand-up album, uh, yeah. Heroic Effort. You can buy it for a dollar. And uh, don't forget to uh, follow Joe over on Screen Junkies. Screen Junkies Plus is still going strong. Flash and Friends, you're hosting with my old work wife, Roxy Stryer. She's the best. And uh, you, you, Spencer, Dan, and Andy still working very damn hard on Honest Trailers. Some of the, some of the best stuff still out there. In the uh, in the space today. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. So uh, please support them, guys. Uh, that is it for now. You can uh, subscribe, like, and rate and review on iTunes and all that good stuff. And don't forget uh, Patreon. It's out now for 2017. You can support the Napsock Files as we journey forward and grow. As you saw today, we did a special thing where uh, Patreon supporters got to ask some questions uh, to Joe Star here. So do that as well if you want. I thank you humbly in advance. So until next time, when I can finally get over this cold. We'll see you.